Hello, and welcome back to the Blockchain.com podcast. My name is Garrick Heilman. I'm the head of research at Blockchain.com and a visiting fellow at the London School of Economics. Today, we're excited to share with you a conversation we had with our very own Amadeo Pelise, who is a senior product manager at Blockchain.com. We thought it would be interesting for you to hear from one of the people behind Blockchain.com's suite of products, including our very popular non-custodial wallet. On this episode, we discuss with Amadeo his vision for the wallet and how it's going to evolve in the months and years to come, his story about how he got into crypto, and also what it's like to be a product manager and what advice he'd give to people who are looking to pursue that career. Uh, Amadeo, our, our special guest. Amadeo, welcome to the blockchain.com webinar. Thank you, Garrick. Thank you, Jason. Uh, good to be here. <laughs> Great. Well, we have a standard uh, opening question we always ask uh, all our guests, which is, how did you earn your first money? Um, so I was actually, uh, I, I was raised in the Dominican Republic, and I was one of the few people who had access to a kind of um, CD burner. So I sold custom CD uh, mixes back in primary school. Uh, but, um, you know, on the gray side of, uh, of kind of, um, you know, legality back in the day, but it was definitely, you know, very, very fun. Awesome. That's a new one for, for uh, the show here. So appreciate your sharing that. Um, well, let's, let's uh, tell us your story. You know, like uh, you mentioned, you, you grew up in the Dominican Republic, you know, how did you, uh, you know, get started career wise? And, and of course, what, when, and how did you get into crypto? Um, so I got into crypto uh, back in university. So um, my flatmate and I were, were doing, uh, we're running a little startup where it was, it was kind of like Foursquare back in the day. So, you know, we paid people in rewards uh, for accomplishing day-to-day -day tasks. Um, and uh, these rewards were this made up virtual currency uh, that kind of only existed in app. And, um, you know, six months in, it wasn't really going very well. Uh, and we, we were like, okay, how do we kind of spice it up? And we heard about Bitcoin, the ultimate form of virtual currency uh, back then in 20, late 2012. Okay, I was going to uh, ask you, you got to put a date on it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and uh, I think that Christmas just kind of really went into the rabbit hole, reading about the white paper. Um, we, uh, we pivoted our startup. Um, in early 2013 into creating a Bitcoin exchange, uh, which later became CoinFloor. So um, I've been working in the industry for nine years at this point. That's, that's awesome. Uh, and you've seen a lot during that, that nine years. <laughs> yep. Um, cool. So tell us about your role here at blockchain.com. You're a senior product manager. What does a senior product manager do? And um, wh why, do you, why do you like that role? Um, so the, the key, I would say a product manager has two core uh, things that they're responsible for. One is um, the product roadmap. So you're, you're the steward and the shepherd of the, of the roadmap, uh, taking into account all stakeholders, uh, you know, needs, customers, uh, the business, um, and, and really trying to drive uh, a, a, a good product roadmap. And then the other one is... Um, act 
you know, giving leverage to the team by uh, being a bit of a communications uh, router, driving alignment with all stakeholders. Um, a, a senior product manager, or, or I'd say a, uh, an experienced product manager, uh, makes, you know, make, makes the, the, gets more leverage out of a roadmap and, and drives more alignment out of a, a product team, a full stack product team. Awesome. And, and the wallet, uh, which we talked about at the start of the, 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 the show is, is one of our flagship products. One of the things we're best known for. We'd love to hear about your vision for the blockchain.com wallet over the, the coming years. Uh, what, what, what's, what it's, it's undergone a lot of changes of late. Uh, what else is, uh, on the roadmap and, and how do you see the wallet being used, uh, in the months and years to come? Yeah. So, um, w- one of the things that, uh, or, or the thing that makes me, um, you know, the most excited about working at blockchain is the fact that we, um, you know, build software to help folks, uh, self custody their own money. Um, we think that that's uh, an absolute right of, of people to be able to do that in this day and age. And the, you know, it couldn't be a more timely, uh, you know, uh, you know, s- situation. There, there couldn't be a more timely need for, for folks to self-custody their, their funds with the situation, you know, in Ukraine and, and Russia. Uh, you see people, you know, struggling to uh, get access to their cash held in banks, run on ATMs. Um, and, uh, and even, um, you know, when I was talking about 2013, when I got back, when I got into crypto, I remember that summer, um, there was a big, uh, kind of, um, risk in, in Cyprus where banks, um, you know, essentially appropriated funds from customers. Anyone that had over a hundred thousand euros worth of assets got a 50% haircut in their assets because, um, you know, the, uh, there was just no liquidity in the Cyprus system. Um, and so the, these, these kind of global events really highlight the need for a crypto wallet um, where, where folks can self-custody their funds. And, um, you know, historically, this has been more of a use case of storage, right? Folks wanted to be able to store their own money, uh, pay, pay people, and, 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 um, and, and the kind of uh, user experience for that was very much a payment system, right? Um, but I think as we move forward into, um, you know, into a world where hundreds of millions of people own crypto um, and applications, crypto native applications are being built, the wallet starts becoming more of a gateway into these applications, into this crypto world. Um, as opposed to only being a place where you store money and then you and, you, and, it, and then you transact, um, and uh, some of these applications are absolutely extraordinary. Uh, so um, there, there's a great uh, decentralized lending marketplace called Aave on the Ethereum network, which you know lets folks borrow and lend billions and billions of dollars without a middleman, right? Um, and uh, and so we're, we're going to continue to see those use cases and the, the crypto wallet is going to be right at the gateway of letting folks um, manage their, uh, their keys to those assets and also be the, the gateway, sort of the browser into these uh, applications. Um, and self-custody as a, 
as a trend is, is going to continue to rise um, as the need, um, you know, is, is, uh, is demonstrated uh, by, by some of these global events. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you, you, you spent some time on the, the self-custody aspect of our wallet and why it's so important. And I just want just to even spend a little more time because this is such a, I think, important and, and often misunderstood uh, kind of element of, of the power of crypto assets like Bitcoin and, and how, how new something that's digitally bearer, you know, and how, how it's like cash and how you can control it like, you know, yourself uh, in a way that, that prevents someone else from reaching out and just preventing access to it or taking it away from you. Um, but with that power comes great responsibility too. And, and when you have, you know, control of your seed phrase, uh, you know, there's huge responsibility to make sure you manage that safely. And, and I wondered if you could just spend a little more time kind of talking through those aspects of, of self-custody and why it's so important to, to, to manage your seed phrase carefully. For sure. So, um, you know, in, in, in kind of the traditional finance world, we entrust other, you know, participants to custody or money. So you go to your bank, you deposit some money um, and they hold it for you. They ultimately lend it, lend it out to other people. Uh, and, uh, and that's kind of how the current system works. Um, crypto um, and Bitcoin originally kind of flips that on, on its head. So uh, that money, that balance is sat in a public ledger. Think of it as a spreadsheet um, that everyone has access to and everyone shares where um, you, your ownership of that, of that balance is essentially determined by your ability to prove that you own the key that unlocks the ability to transfer that balance. Um, and, uh, you know, private key uh, cryptography is used in our everyday lives to secure anytime that you go to a web browser, you know, you get to be able to assert that you're in the right website, um, you know, before you enter any credentials. Uh, the, the challenge with, um, with self-custody is that if you lose access to um, the private key, um, you know, which uh, is is backed up by the seed phrase that you mentioned, Garrick. Uh, you know, you might lose total access to your funds, um, and so this is a, a a a whole new level of responsibility that that folks have to have to take that that maybe they aren't accustomed to. Um, ultimately. Uh, you know, not everyone uh, is is uh, you know able able to do that from a technical perspective or a or a um, or an access perspective uh, yet. Um, but that's something that us at a at blockchain uh, we're trying to uh, solve uh, for. So making it easier and easier for folks to uh, to self custody these funds um, historically. The going back to the seed phrase, um, you know, when you created a, a Bitcoin account, um, you had to back up your seed phrase before you could kind of continue using it. Um, and this is a um, a twelve word, uh, you know, English uh, English phrase. Um, the and you know, if if you gave gave access to that seed phrase to someone else, they could. They could uh, restore your wallet and and uh, and steal your crypto. 
um, or if you if you lost it um, and you needed to access your crypto, you know that money was was there, uh, kind of locked forever. Um, at blockchain, we're trying to make it easier for folks to not even have to think about the seed phrase. So uh, we um, we we have a feature called cloud backups. That, for example, if you're an iOS on your iPhone or or an Android, it automatically backs up your an encrypted version of your wallet um, into iCloud into Google Drive. That alongside your PIN, which is easier to remember that is seed phrase, uh, you know, and and your access to iCloud or Google Drives um, lets you kind of get get back access to that to that crypto. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's the it's the sort of thing where um, it, the way I like to think about it is how much money would um, I be comfortable with letting my friends and family uh, sort of um, store in a self custody blockchain.com wallet? And and our 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 goal is to make it uh, you know safer and safer for folks to to hold larger amounts of funds in, in this new world. Um, which uh, you know is something that I think we've we definitely have some improvements to make, but we we are we were we we're probably one of the best at at doing uh, today. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and and I'm glad you yeah you've touched on how especially during this time um, with like you mentioned people having trouble getting access to funds, um, maybe having to relocate uh, and tra- transport and bring value with them. Um, you know, how, how having a self custodied uh, wallet can be really, really powerful and, uh, and, and, you know, even save lives potentially uh, in situations like today. Um, so uh, we've talked about some of the challenges here with um, and responsibilities with come with, with self custody. Um, let's talk about, um, some of the things you've worked on uh, that you're most proud of. Um, what what things in particular would you would you highlight that you're you're particularly proud of uh, having contributed to at blockchain.com? Uh, the the thing that comes to mind is um, the rollout of our segregated witness uh, transaction support. So um, historically, uh, blockchain.com has been responsible for almost. Um, over 35% of all Bitcoin network transactions have been uh, issued uh, via a blockchain.com uh, product. And um, in uh, about four years ago, three to four years ago, uh, a new transaction format called SegWit or segregated witness was introduced into the Bitcoin protocol by an opt-in mechanism. So it was a soft fork um, which made it um, which made it possible to store more transactions on each Bitcoin block. Um, Blockchain.com rolled out access to SegWit uh, last year, and um, as a result, uh, we saw the share of um, the percentage of transactions that were uh, SegWit uh, transactions in the Bitcoin network rise up to almost 90% SegWit usage. Um, and, and the fees in the blockchain, in the crypto, in the Bitcoin network 
actually dropped by north of 30, uh, 35% um, for everyone in the network. Um, so this was a massive uh, ordeal because in essence, you're, you're trying to you know, change the, the wings of the plane while it flies. Uh, you know, folks need to transfer uh, you know, the, their, their change in, in, in a Bitcoin transaction over to a new address that was SegWit uh, enabled. And so, um, yeah, that was a, a very fun project uh, to work on that I think you can, you can only really uh, experience, um, you know, at a, at, a, at a company at the scale of, of blockchain. Yeah, but it, it's made a huge, as you mentioned, contribution to bringing down fees and, and making, you know, small transactions like we, we talked about, like with fundraising, um, more viable, um, which was one of the criticisms of Bitcoin for many years was that, oh, it's too expensive and uh, the fees are too high. And so it's pretty awesome that uh, to be a part of that, that massive Im improvement uh, uh, to, to Bitcoin. Uh, turning back to um, just being a product manager, um, what advice would you give to anyone curious about pursuing this type of job? And um, how would they go about it? Um, so I think, uh, there's, there's two, there's one generic piece of advice, uh, and then there's one that's, uh, more, uh, kind of, um, geared towards a product manager in crypto. Um, so a generic kind of, um, tech product manager, uh, I think needs to have a, a level of almost mastery in one core sort of, um, competence area, uh, whether that's data science um, or user experience slash design or uh, engineering, um, or, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, um, you know, sales and, and, and business development, if it's a B2B product, um, I think you, you should have one core competence that you bring to, to the table. Um, and uh, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have a, a core competence, you should you should work on, on getting that before you can, uh, so that you can be a better product manager. Um, I think specifically in crypto, uh, there is a a lot of um, knowledge that that is sort of expected um, when you start working in, in, in crypto, uh, building uh, crypto products. Um, that I think you can only really get by using a bunch of crypto apps out there and a bunch of crypto networks. Um, I've, I've actually um, introduced multiple friends and multiple product manager friends into the crypto space over the last few years. And, uh, and, and my, my top advice is go and look at the top 20, you know, DeFi protocols. You can do it in our DeFi page, for example. And, uh, start using them spend you know 50 bucks trying to educate yourself on, on all these things um because it's uh you know it, it's quite quite a deep rabbit hole yeah no i i i want to echo that i mean just there's one it's one thing to read about crypto and and kind of just try to think about it it's a whole different thing to use it and uh you really can't begin to wrap your head around it or um I think, you know, kind of, yeah, get to know crypto until you actually start transacting and using wallets and inter interfacing with different protocols. Um, so yeah, 100% echo, echo that sentiment. Um, 
So talking about UX user experience, um, this is one of the things we've kind of thought about and, you know, uh, in our investment thesis is one of the barriers to broader crypto adoption. You know, we, we are up to hundred million plus probably crypto users globally now, but you know, still well short of a, a billion users probably what is uh, the biggest and most important user experience improvement that crypto needs to see to, 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 to solve, you know, or to grow the community into that billion and beyond number of users. So I think, uh, you know, when, when we started in, in crypto, Garrick, like um, it was kind of expected that folks understood what a crypto address was. And uh, if, if you, if you're not familiar with it, um, it's the equivalent of your bank account number. Um, the, um, I think the biggest user experience improvement is to try to create, uh, try to make it easier for people to, to have certainty uh, when they're paying an external party that they are, um, you know, they're paying that person as opposed to just sending money to some address in, into the wild. Um, so, you know, kind of pay people as opposed to addresses, which are just um, uh, public keys, really. And, uh, and, and this has kind of implications for the broader uh, sort of on-chain identity um, uh, you know, space. Um, whenever you interact with an on-chain decentralized application, uh, it, you're also interacting with some address on the network, right? Um, and, and you're having to trust these, these wallets or these uh, websites to tell you that, for example, uh, Uniswap, that you know, a particular address belongs to, um, to, to Uniswap. Um, and I think um, you know, if we could have a better uh, way of, of, of letting users map real world identities into addresses that, that would reduce uh, the amount of errors um, that, that users make, it would reduce the number of uh, scams that occur in, in, this, in the industry um, and, and just lower the barrier to entry for regular, regular people. Um, another, another big one is, is the seed phrase. It, it, it's still completely, um, you know, completely, a completely uh, random experience for folks who come in into crypto and have to back up a C phrase. It's not something people are used to. So um, that, that would be my closed, uh, my closed second. <laughs> yeah, no, two, two big areas uh, of opportunity. And, and I think it's, it speaks to also how incredible it is. We've, um, you know, got to hundred million users uh, or more and, and still have some of these major, you know, user experience challenges. Uh, it just really speaks to kind of the, I think the value proposition of crypto and, you know, despite how difficult some people find it to use, they really want access to crypto for, for various reasons. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, as we improve the, you know, the user experience, I mean, it would seem like getting to a billion is, is uh, certainly uh, definitely possible. Um, for sure. So, we're, we're just about running out of time here. And, um, and we wanted to see if we could get you to, to make a prediction, uh, a non-price related prediction, because um, we <laughs> always have to be careful about making crypto price predictions, very difficult to get that right. Um, you know, especially if there's a, a strict time, time uh, 
table or, or date attached to the prediction, but um, what, what prediction would you, would you make? Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because I think everything, a lot of, a lot of these uh, predictions are sort of um, have the price assumption baked into them. But uh, I think um, going, going back to your point earlier, Garrick, of um, you know, crypto being a, treated as a risk asset or, or not in terms of the market, um, I think you know, my thesis is uh, that in these kind of um, uncertain macro times, um, crypto is, is not going to be treated uh, as a risk asset or, or it's going to lose that coupling that, that we've had in the last um, year or two. And that's going to make it, uh, it's going to be a really attractive asset class for governments and large financial institutions to hold portions of their balance sheet um, in crypto. Um, and uh, and I, think, I think that would be, um, I think that that would happen uh, for, for, for currencies like, like Bitcoin. Uh, obviously, the, uh, you know, we're going to have to see whether the um, risk asset, uh, asset thesis uh, plays out or not. Yeah, no, it's one thing I, I didn't mention um, when I was talking about crypto in a time of war, but this weaponization of, of you know, fiat currencies like the US dollar and euro, I mean, look, without passing judgment on, you know, the rightness or wrongness of that, um, it does lead some market participants to think about, you know, where they want to hold their funds uh, going forward. And, um, you know, and, and that potentially opens the door for exactly what you're, you're saying, uh, for people to look for something more neutral, more independent, um, that's not going to be politicized or caught up necessarily in, in, in some of the things we're seeing. Um, but there's other reasons too. Just um, we talked about inflation and the, the just the absolute scarcity of Bitcoin, um, the scarcest you know, asset in history, arguably. Um, you know, as the price of gold goes up like it's doing, guess what? Um, people start digging deeper and going after gold deposits that weren't previously economical to mine. Um, you know, that, so the supply comes up as price goes up and that just doesn't happen with um, an algorithmically scarce digital asset like Bitcoin. Um, so Amadeo, thank you so much for taking time to, to share uh, your thoughts on crypto um, and, and what it's like to be a product manager and um, hope you're, uh, you have the energy to stay in this pace for, for another decade. Um, and and uh, <laughs> certainly with a lot going on these days, it's, uh, it's important to pace yourself when you work in crypto, huh? <laughs> Absolutely, Gary. Thank you so much uh, for having me and always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please rate us and leave a review as it really helps boost our visibility to more listeners. Also, if you have a topic you'd like to see us cover, please get in touch at the following email address, podcast at blockchain.com. Once again, that's podcast at blockchain.com.